And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. You know, uh, a number of you have asked Kathy and I about what, what exactly are your plans? And um, dear ones, I've got some things I've got to do for, for, for my dad's affairs still. Um, some have asked, are you moving to North Carolina? And we, we may end up in North Carolina, but here's the deal. Kathy's mom is in the Outer Banks in Moorhead City. That's where her sisters are as well. We've got Terry and Paul in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is just 45 minutes below North Carolina. We've got Catherine and Byron and their children are over in Charlotte. Then Kristen and Adam and their children are in Charleston, South Carolina. So we're not quite sure where we would move if we were moving today. So, you know, we've got to figure that stuff out. But here's the truth. We don't feel like God is finished with us in ministry. We think that we still have got quite a few ministry miles left. Amen. We really do. Now, here's the deal. We knew that God spoke to us and said that this season was coming to an end. And we hated to do it, especially, especially in the COVID environment. We, I said, Lord, couldn't we just wait until this all gets over with? But we knew that God had spoken. And so we had to be obedient. And it's amazing even to me, I'm pinching myself, that how, how God prepared Ryan and Andrea to be coming in. I mean, this is almost unheard of. And, and, and we thank God for it. And here's the deal. When God gives you a revelation and suddenly you've got insight into what you're supposed to do. Sometimes there is a gap between when the revelation comes and you begin walking it out and you find that place of destiny. It was true for Abraham. Abraham was told to go to a place that he did not know. And so he set out in faith and he had to live in the gap. He had to live in the gap. God promised him a son. And yet here he is almost 100 years old. Sarah's 90. He still doesn't have a baby boy. But the book of Hebrews, um, book of Romans chapter 4 says, against hope he believed in hope. And so counted God faithful. And dear ones, I'm telling you that Kathy and I may not know exactly what God has for us, but we believe it's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so great that it's just going to be thrilling and fulfilling in every way imaginable. We don't know what it is. We go forth looking for a city, amen, whose builder and maker is God. But we count God faithful. And here's what you got to do. When you get between the vision and the destiny, you got to count God faithful. When you get between the vision and the destiny, you got to look up to heaven and say, Lord, I'm looking to you. I thank you because you've never failed me yet. Hallelujah. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run. They'll walk and not be weary. They'll run, they'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're in a series entitled The Fight is Worth Fighting. We talked about fighting the good fight of faith in the first message. The second message was we have to fight our way through discouragement at times. Last week we talked about fighting through Seasons of disappointment. Today, I want to talk to you about fighting for your church, fighting for your church. I love the local church. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, he was talking about the church universal, but the church universal is comprised of congregations just like us. 
And I love the local church. Somebody said, well, but look at the problems that are in the local church. Well, dear ones, the only reason there are problems is because there are people. If you want to have a church without problems, then you're going to have an empty church. Somebody said Noah's Ark was smelly, but you know, it was the best thing floating. And yes, there may be some problems in the local church, but I love the local church. There's nothing better than a congregation of people that are loving Jesus with all their heart, that are loving one another with all their heart. Amen. Come on. Who are serving God's purposes in their generation. Glory to God. It gets me exciting, excited. But you know, there's a spiritual warfare that goes on because the devil hates the church. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. He says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Let's read that aloud together. Come on, everybody use your best voice. I want you to grasp this. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. See, there's a fight over the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and when you hear, see that word kingdom, sometimes it's, it's referenced in the New Testament as the kingdom of God, sometimes as the kingdom of heaven. I wouldn't get too, 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 too concerned about the differences, but here's what you need to pay attention to. When you see the word, word kingdom, it refers to reign. It refers to rule. It refers to the, to the dominion of Jesus Christ in our midst. We're supposed to pray, thy kingdom come. In other words, thy will be done. Thy rule come. We want Jesus rule on this earth. Amen? How many of you know we've got some problems and we need the rule of Jesus? Glory to God. Well, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You see, the devil does not want evangel to be a church that loves Jesus. He doesn't want evangel to be a church where we love one another. He doesn't want us to be a church that's, that's feeding the poor and caring for the, for the needy, that's healing the sick and, and cleansing the lepers and raising the dead and casting out devils. The, 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 the devil himself wants there to be strife in the local church. He wants there to be division. He wants there to be sex. He wants this group to rise up against that group. He wants there to be splits because he came to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you can have it, have life and have it more abundantly. And dear ones, I'm saying to you that when you and I contend, when we contend to do the will of God, we're extending the kingdom rule. We are saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh, the kingdom may be suffering violence, but I'm going to take it by force and I'm going to do violence to the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to help people come out of darkness and come into the kingdom of God's dear son. Devil, you may have come in one way, but you're going to have to flee seven ways. We take a stand right now in the mighty name of Jesus and we drive down a stake of righteousness and devil, you may be having a heyday with, 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 with civil unrest in this nation. You you may be having a heyday with the COVID-19 all around the world. You may be having a heyday with the economy, but we're here to say that Jesus is going to have the last say and he is the victor and he is the king and he's coming back one day and he's the master and king and Lord of our lives. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the source, the force, and the course of all the universe. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. The powers of darkness hate the local church. 
Every time you choose to walk in love, when people are, walk, are, are, are walking unlovely towards you, you know what you're doing? You're helping to establish the kingdom and your local church. Every time you forgive somebody, not because they deserve to be forgiven, but every time you choose to forgive somebody, you are extending the kingdom of heaven. Every time you choose to walk according to God's word and you obey the word and you think, well, nobody's seeing this. I mean, I'm just I'm just doing this, and, but I'm going to do it. The word of God says to do it, so I'm going to do it. Let me tell you what you're doing. Whether it's tithing or whether it's caring for somebody else or whether it's serving in, in, in ways that nobody knows and where you don't get any pats on the back. Let me tell you what, there's one who sees in secret and he will reward you openly. There's one who sees in secret. And one day, dear ones, when we stand in the presence of God, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You see, sinners and unbelievers will be at the great white throne judgment. We don't want to be there. But we as believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ where we will receive rewards based on our service for God's kingdom on this earth. Oh, no, I'm not saying because I, I serve in the kingdom of God. I'm saved by grace through faith, not, not of myself. It's a gift of God. But because I'm saved, I'm serving. Because I'm saved, I'm giving. Because I'm saved, I'm worshiping Jesus. Because I'm saved, I'm doing the things that the word of God tells me to do. And I'm extending his kingdom. Every time you share this gospel, you're extending the kingdom of God and you're strengthening this local church. You're making evangel a praise on the earth. Every time you ask somebody, if you died tonight, do you have the assurance you would wake up in heaven? Every time you share with them, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Every time you share the gospel, every time you say, wouldn't you like to pray with me? And let's give our hearts to the Lord. And they say, well, well, I've tried that church stuff. Well, maybe you walked with the Lord and maybe something terrible happened. Maybe your best friend betrayed you. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through a bankruptcy. Maybe you got sick. Maybe you lost a loved one. I want you to know Jesus is close. He's as close as a mention of his name. And he wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to restore that fellowship with you. And you pray with him. Let me tell you what you're doing. You're plundering hell to populate heaven. And you're strengthening the local church. You're fighting for the kingdom of God. Every time you give food away in the name of Jesus. Not yesterday, but a week from yesterday, you gave away over 3,300 pounds of food to hurting people. I want you to know this campus was filled with people. Hundreds and hundreds of people were coming to give that food. Thank God for Convoy of Hope and the, and the cold product they were able to send us because of the USDA. Thank God for second harvest because we didn't have the refrigeration space to put all that, to house all that stuff. But second harvest did. Thank God that they, they, they worked with us. Thank God they did it. You know, we did it back in June with the Leon County School System at Godby High School. You know what? Second harvest called Pastor Scott this week. And they said, we don't have anybody in the northwest sector of Tallahassee doing what you're doing. Can we come and would you join us at the end of October and we'll supply all the food and we'll do another massive food distribution. Hallelujah. Dear ones, 
When you're offering a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're extending the kingdom of God. You're strengthening the local church. Now, there are three things that we've got to do if we're going to contend for evangel to be a praise on the earth. And folks, it's been our privilege for the last 18 years to be your pastoral leaders. But folks, nothing would please us any more than for this church to be blessed under Ryan and Andrea Kramer's leadership. Nothing would please us any more than for you to continue serving the purposes of God. And then one day, one day we'll have a glad reunion in heaven. One day we'll be able to rejoice. But we want this church to be a praise on the earth. Let me give you three things that that we've got to do to, to see that happen. Number one, we've got to fight through our own carnality and our own selfishness. Because whether you realize it or not, every single one of us is a meathead at times. That word carnal in Spanish, the word for meat is carne. If you want to have a flank steak and you're in a Spanish restaurant, you'll say, I want carne asada. And they'll bring you a flank steak. It means meat. It means beef. It means being a meathead. To be carnal-minded is death, but to be a meathead is death, Paul says. But to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. You don't want to be a meathead. Turn to somebody and tell them that. Say, don't be a meathead. Come on. See, we, we, we all have the tendency, we can all be meatheads. And so we've got to fight through that. On the night Jesus was betrayed, the Bible says that they got, they got to the upper room. And I think every single one of those disciples had taken a bath. I think they had put on some new clothes. I think they put on some cologne. I think they'd used deodorant. I mean, they used some mouthwash. They did everything they knew to do. However, they had to walk on little trails in those days. They didn't have paved roads like we do. And also walking on those trails were animals of burden. There were mules and donkeys and oxen and camels. And those animals were defecating on that trail. And so it was like one of these deals. You're you're, you're walking and you're going like this. And and then I'll go over here and I'll get over here and I'll try to get, oh, oh, I missed. Ah. And they're wearing open-toed sandals. Okay? So they all come together in the upper room. And you remember Jesus took off his nice garments He girded himself with a towel and he started washing everybody's feet. Now, why did he do it? He did it because there was a bad smell in the room. The room smelled like dirty diapers. And when Jesus wasn't being religious, he was being practical. Nobody among those 12 disciples would humble themselves to wash feet. And so Jesus put their feet and took off their sandals. Now, guess what was on top of those sandals? Yeah, it was the stuff that they had stepped in. Guess what was between those big old hairy toes? There was excrement. When Jesus washed their feet, 
It was very practical and it was very important. And things began to smell better after he washed all, all, all 12 of their feet and washed their sandals too. Things were a little better. But he says, if I, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, how much more should you go forth washing one another's feet? Because let me tell you, the kingdom of heaven and the local church is not about titles. I've had people say, well, I'm a deacon around here, or I'm a small group leader, or I'm, a, I'm a, in the choir, or I'm so-and-so. Listen, the kingdom of heaven and the local church is not about Titles, it's about towels. It's about serving. And when a church gets more concerned about titles than they are about the towels, they get things reversed. And the devil can cause confusion and it can cause problems. Number two, if evangel is going to be a praise on the earth, if this is going to be a church that endures through the generations, we've got to fight through our resistance to change. 60% of Americans do not like change. Okay? Everybody wants progress, but not everybody wants change. I remember when I first got here, some of you will remember. We used to have pews in here. We had orange colored carpet. We had big old chandeliers. One of the first things I did is I just moved those kneelers. We had kneelers down front. I wanted to bring everybody down front so we could all come down and worship Jesus together. But we had kneelers all the way around the front. And I moved those kneelers. And you would have think that I had set the church on fire. There are some people, well, where's those kneelers? Where are those kneelers? I said, just show me in the Bible where it says we're supposed to have kneelers in the front of the church. Dear ones, change comes hard. Here's what, I'm just bringing it up to say this. Pastor Ryan Kramer, he may do some things different from Terrell Todd, but you know what? That's okay. There's more than one way to do some things. Terrell Todd sees this world through 66-year-old perspective and eyes. He sees the world, Ryan's going to see the world through 44-year-old eyes and perspective. He's going to see some things that I don't see. See, I've been so, so close to the trees that I don't see the forest sometimes. He's going to bring a new set of eyes in. And he's going to see some things that we haven't seen. And you know what? As long as he's not asking you to do something that's unbiblical or unethical or illegal or immoral, it's okay. It's all going to work out. Somebody say hallelujah. It's all going to work out. Number three, for the evangel to be a praise on the earth. And this is really important. You and I have got to fight through our tendency to complain and to criticize. And instead, we've got to learn to take our concerns to the Lord in prayer. And dear ones, I'm asking you. Kathy and I'd be so blessed if you do this. I'm asking you to please on a regular basis, perhaps even a daily basis. I'm asking you to pray for your church board. I'm asking you to pray for our pastors on staff and our administrators. I'm asking you to pray for the lay leaders of this church. I'm asking you to pray for Pastor Ryan and Andrea Kramer.
Let, 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 me just, let me just conclude this by sharing with you some of the ways the Apostle Paul asked people to pray for him. How many believe the Bible's a good, a good model to follow? If you'll learn to pray this way, dear ones, you'll learn how to pray for yourself too. First, turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Romans 15, verse 30. Paul says, now I beg you, brethren. Everybody say beg. beg. Say it again, beg. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. He says, I'm, I'm begging you to pray for me. I beg you to pray for me. Now here's what he asked. He said, verse 31. Number one, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. And dear ones, I'm asking you to pray for Pastor Ryan Kramer on a regular basis. Pray that he'll be delivered from evil people right here in Tallahassee and in North Florida. And that he'll be delivered from demonic schemes because the devil wants to destroy the shepherd. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's a prophecy that says, if, if, you will, if you'll strike the shepherd, then the sheep will be scattered. And that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to strike down the shepherd. And so I'm asking you to pray, God, I'm asking you to deliver Pastor Ryan from evil people. Deliver him from people who've got hidden agendas. Deliver him from demonic schemes. See, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must be aware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. The kingdom of heaven is suffering violence. The violent take it by force. There's a, there, there, there's a dimension, dear ones, where the devil would like to do harm to the Kramer family. But your prayers can keep the powers of darkness at bay. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Amen. Dear ones, most pastors I know who, who serve churches our size and perhaps a little larger get threats on their life. Sometimes on a yearly basis. You know, there's about 1,700 pastors a year in the United States that are leaving the ministry. 1,700 Bible-believing pastors. I'm not talking about groups out there that don't believe the Bible, but I'm talking about Bible-believing pastors. You say, why is that? Well, when they're interviewed, they say things like this. I'm tired of my church members having roast pastor for lunch. Why do people talk about pastors? Well, they talk about things they know. And we think in America that we can just say anything and everything we want to because of First Amendment liberties about our leaders. And we take that into the church, but that's not biblical. And the Bible says we're to submit to those that are in authority. This is in Hebrews 13. Submit so their work will be a joy and not a burden. But there are a lot of American Christians that make pastoring a burden Instead of a joy. Your pastor needs your prayer support. That's what I'm saying. I had one pastor who left the ministry, not like Kathy and I are at the ages we are, but left the ministry much younger. And here's what he said when I asked him why. He says, well, I just can't take the pressure 
of being a 24-hour-a-day emergency call room for dysfunctional people. Dear ones, America, you know, we're going downhill and our country is becoming more dysfunctional. And I'm afraid this COVID stuff is bringing out the worst in people. And your pastor desperately needs you to pray for him and to bless him. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 31, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Number two, I'm asking you to pray for divine favor for Pastor Ryan and Andrea Kramer. I'm asking you to pray for divine favor for for Jeremiah and for Jordan and for Journey Kramer. Dear ones, Kathy and I know what it is to move a thousand miles to come here. The Kramers are moving 3,000 miles to come here. We know what it is to change cultures because you're in you get used to one culture and then you come back down and now it took us a while to find our balance and to find our equilibrium in ministering again with this culture. They may go through some of that. You need to pray the divine favor of God as the kids are starting school, as they're doing sports, as they're figuring out who's going to cut their hair, as they're figuring out who their doctors are going to be, who their dentists are going to be, where they're going to get their car repaired, where they're going to buy their groceries. They need the divine favor of God upon their lives because I'm telling you if the divine favor of God is upon your pastor and his family the divine favor of God will be on this house that's the truth (laughs) you know the first church Kathy and I ever served in there's this lady that if you preached and you made a point she agreed on she'd say that's the truth brother Verse 32, that I may come to you with joy. Number three, I'm asking you to pray for the Kramer family to be filled with joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But now abides faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But then love activates joy because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. Against such which there is no law. Somebody say hallelujah. See, if you'll pray that your pastor and his family will be filled with joy. Dear ones, you yourself will start being filled with joy. I'll keep going. I'm preaching good this morning. That I may come to you with joy by the will of God. Oh, dear ones, I realize that some people teach that whatever happens is God's will. And I believe in the big sense of things, God is certainly in control. But dear ones, Jesus taught us to pray this way. He said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We have to contend for the will of God because we live in a world where God's will is not always done. Somebody got drunk last night and abused a wife, but that's not God's will. Somebody got raped last night. Somebody abused a child last night. This is not God's will. We got to contend for the will of God. You know, ever since our kids were, when they were first born, when Kathy gave birth to Terry in in, uh, Virginia Beach General Hospital in the delivery room, she gave birth to that baby girl and 
the doctor took the baby, cut the umbilical cord, they cleaned her up, they handed her to us, and immediately we laid hands on her. And in front of the nurses and the, the doctors and everybody else that was in there, we said, Lord God, thank you for this little baby. Oh, she's a gift from heaven. Thank you, Lord. We give her back to you right now. And Lord, we declare thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We did the same thing for Catherine when she was born. We did the same thing for Kristen when she was born. And dear ones, there have been times that we've had to persevere in prayer because we'd see our girls going in a direction that we knew wasn't the right direction or getting involved with a fella that wasn't the right fella. Dear ones, we learned a long time ago, if we come out and say, oh honey, you shouldn't date him, then we were going to make her run to him. But if we would go to the place of prayer and say, devil, you can't have my daughter in the name of Jesus. I pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And dear ones, we need to contend. Lord, at Evangel, we pray for thy will to be done. For Ryan and Andrea Kramer, for, for, for Jeremiah and Jordan and Journey, we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then he says in verse 32, I want to be refreshed together with you. We need to pray for seasons of refreshing in the Kramer's life. We need to pray for God, give them seasons. You say, but I need some seasons of refreshing. Well, pray for it for yourself too. But Lord God, I pray for my pastor. God, give them seasons of refreshing. I pray for our deacon board. God, I pray for our staff pastors. I pray for our administrators. I pray for our leaders. I pray for those that are serving in the nursery. By faith, we're going to start the nursery again in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray for those that are serving, Lord God, in the parking lot. I pray for those that are serving in the middle of the week that nobody knows and nobody sees. I pray for them, Lord God. I pray that you give them joy and I pray for seasons of refreshing in Jesus' name. And again, here's a little, a, a little hint. If your pastor is refreshed, if his family is refreshed, your church will be refreshed. See, when you come here on Sunday morning, when you come here midweek, you want to hear a word that's going to strengthen you. You want to hear a word that's going to help you. You're going to want, you want to hear a word that's going to be a revelation to you. You want to see unseen chains of bondage broken off your mind and off your will and off your emotions and off your life. You want to see relationships healed. You want to see your body healed. You want to see the kingdom of God come and God's will to be done. Dear ones, if your pastor is refreshed, then it's easier for him to hear from the Holy Ghost. But if he's burdened down, it's harder. In Colossians chapter 4, Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, Paul says, Meanwhile, praying also for us, again, he's asking for prayer, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. He says, he says, would you pray for open doors for ministry? Dear ones, I want you to pray for this church and for your pastors. Say, Lord God, give our pastors open doors for ministry. See, there are people who have declared, I'm never going back to church. I'm not going to have anything else to do with God. Whatever. I just have no use for the, for, for the church. But the Spirit of God can work in their heart and they can come into a relationship with you and you might meet them at the, at, the, at the community center or at the grocery store or at the place of business, whatever it may be. And they could be asking you questions about your church and they could come here and they could get saved or they could recommit their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? It's because God's given open doors 
for ministry. Folks, pray, God, just give us open doors for ministry. And then he says in verse four, that I may make, he's talking about the gospel here, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Oh God, give Pastor Ryan an anointing that sets the captive free. Oh God, give Pastor Ryan an anointing to see the sick healed and the and the and, and those that are suffering coming out of that time of suffering. Oh God, give him an anointing so that we can see people coming to Christ. Give him an anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage in Jesus name. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Paul says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. I love the way the King James Version says that. That the word of God may run swiftly and be glorified. Oh God, I pray that the word of God in Pastor Ryan's heart and in his mouth and in his life, Lord God, I pray the word of God would run swiftly and God may be glorified in him and may be glorified in us. And I pray that Pastor Ryan would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all don't have faith. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18. Paul's concluding. We don't know that Paul wrote Hebrews. I think he did. The writer of Hebrews is concluding the letter. Hebrews 13, 18. He says, pray for us. For we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things, desiring to live honorably. Say, Lord God, I thank you that my pastor's got a good conscience before you. I thank you that he and his family live honorably before you. I thank you for strengthening them with your grace. Now look at verse 19. But I especially urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. He says, I want to be restored to you. I want you to pray for restored relationships. Some of you have got people in your life. And there's been a rupture. There's been a fission. The relationship was a loving relationship, but something's happened. Something's gotten in the middle of it. You got it, and you got to pray this way. Lord, would you restore that relationship? I'm just believing you to restore that relationship, God. Let me bring it home for us. In my 18 years of pastoring here, and of course, I attended this church for a while as a, as a child, and then as a teenager. One of the things I noticed when I came back to be the lead pastor here is there were a lot of people that I was in church with years ago that weren't here anymore. And when I'd run into them, I'd ask them, I'd say, where are you going to church? And the vast majority would say, well, I'm not going to church anymore. Then some of them kind of avoid me. I've gone all over Tallahassee in these last 18 years doing business and going into stores and dealing with legal people and bankers and all kinds of stuff. And somebody will speak up and says, oh, I used to attend Evangel. I said, you did? That's great. Where do you go to church now? And they'll say, well, I don't. I want you to hear me. I want to say this prophetically. I want you to hear me. I believe that God wants to restore people to their first love. I believe there were people all over Tallahassee. Something happened. They got hurt. Maybe they were meatheads. Maybe they were selfish, okay? 
Maybe they got hurt and they didn't follow Matthew 18. They got hurt and Matthew 18 says, man, if you get hurt, somebody sins against you, you go talk to them. You get it straightened out. Most of the time, most people aren't aware that they've hurt us. But some people choose to hold on to that stuff and they just keep it inside. And they don't realize that it becomes resentment and that resentment becomes bitterness and that bitterness becomes unfulfilled revenge. And that unfulfilled revenge becomes animosity and it becomes hatred and it becomes extreme unforgiveness. And it's a poison in their hearts. And they don't realize that what it does is it poisons their walk with Jesus. It poisons their walk with Jesus. And they ended up, well, I'm not going to church. It's easy to find fault. I mean, if you want to find fault, you can find fault in a church. It's kind of like the person that came to me and one day said, Pastor, you probably won't believe this, but we have a problem in our church. I said, really? We do? The truth is that for every one problem you can name, I can probably name about a hundred of them. Because we're a group of people. And people aren't perfect. But we're redeemed. But we're saved. We used to walk in darkness, but now we walk in the kingdom of God's dear son. I was praying early this morning. and I just want to pray for some people this morning. Somebody, I just sense that I want to pray for somebody that's got a toothache. It's kind of unusual. I don't know if I've ever, ever had a word of knowledge like that. Who's got, is that you, Gerald? Gerald, can you just stand up right where you are? Also, anybody else want to get in on this prayer for the toothache? Okay, Janet, come on. Anybody else? Also, want to want to want to pray for somebody you've injured your neck in some way. I don't know how you've done it, but you just you've injured your neck. But God wants to minister to you this morning. Right over here, just stand up. Yeah, just stand up. Just stand up. Somebody else, you've injured your left elbow somehow. It's like where your ulnar nerve is, your funny bone. But you've injured your left elbow. And I believe that Jesus is going to heal you. Who is that? Who is that? Somebody else, your speech has been affected. I don't know what has been affected by, but something has affected your ability to talk the way you like to talk. And I believe God is restoring your speech, you know. He did that for Jeremiah. He did it for Moses. God's healing your speech. Who is that? Who is that? Your speech has been affected. Somebody else says, you've you've been crying out to God for for lack of vision. You've just been saying, God, I don't have enough vision. I need vision in my life. I need to know what I'm supposed to do. I believe God will give you vision. Who is that? Who, who, Who would like to have vision? A sense of destiny, a sense of what you should do. If that's you, just stand up and you can get in on this prayer too. Finally, somebody's dealing with chronic headaches this chronic headaches if that's you with a chronic headache stand up finally finally there's some of you dealing with with heartache just just there's just heartache there anybody else want to get in on this just 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 keep standing just for a few minutes you know we're not supposed to do altar calls in this environment but 
Nothing says I can't come out there and keep social distance from you. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and I speak wholeness from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord John. I pray healing for Gerald in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord, for Jay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I speak healing and wholeness. Lord, for Chris, I speak healing. I speak wholeness in Jesus' name. I speak healing from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You know, I just hear that scripture that says, it's from Isaiah, it says, He binds up the brokenhearted. And he sets at liberty the captive. He binds up the brokenhearted and sets at liberty the captives. I speak that to you in Jesus' name. Kelly, I speak healing and wholeness. In Jesus' mighty name, I speak healing and wholeness. In the name of the Lord, I speak healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. I speak healing and I speak wholeness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Melody, I just speak healing and wholeness to you and for your friend here. I speak healing and wholeness in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Janet, I speak wholeness. I speak wholeness from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I just rebuke this toothache. You know the problem. God, and I speak wholeness to Brother Alex. Thank you for him, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I know you didn't stand, but I just speak healing and wholeness to you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' mighty name, I just rebuke every devil and I speak victory. I speak victory. And Jason, I speak victory. I prophesy victory in your life. I prophesy victory in the name of Jesus. Jen, for your brother, I speak victory. I speak victory in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your healing virtue. 
I thank you for your healing power. I thank you, Jesus, that you know your way out of the grave. And Lord God, I thank you for blessing my dear friends in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for blessing Steve. I thank you for blessing him financially. I thank you, Lord God, for the right jobs. I thank you, Lord God, that you're meeting every need. I thank you for your strength that is theirs in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Miss Julie, I speak healing to you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I speak blessing to every person in this house. I speak the blessing to everybody that's watching us online. I speak blessing to, if this makes it, doesn't, makes it through the editing booth and makes it on the Fox TV channels, I bless everybody watching us on Fox. I bless everyone listening to the podcast. I bless you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I bless the people that are in the overflow rooms this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Kathy and I love you. It's a great privilege. It's a great privilege to be in the ministry. It's a great privilege to pastor the greatest congregation in the world. Thank you for your many acts of love. For your many kindnesses. We're very, very grateful. We love you guys. God bless you. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.